This is going to be a great Sunday today because we're launching into a brand new series and I can't wait to dive into it. But before we do, uh, let's start off with a few things. Uh, number one, let me just welcome everybody today. And if this is your first time with us, man, we're just so glad to have you here. If this is your first time with us online, we are so glad that you have found us online. We want you to experience two things when you come here. Number one, is the love of Jesus Christ. Man, we preach the love of God because we believe that once you experience God's love, man, it changes who you are. And number two, we want you to experience a different kind of church. We're not the average United Methodist Church, okay? We, we are, in fact, we are the newest United Methodist Church in the Columbus area and have been now for the past 10 years. And we are one of the newest um, United Methodist churches in the South Georgia Conference so with that being said, uh, what I wanted to do this morning, since we're diving into a new series on prayer, I wanted to fill you in on where we are as a church, where we are in the process of our building, okay? And as we move into the series on prayer, I want to ask you to help me pray over what's next and moving forward, okay? So I know a lot of people are wondering what in the world is going on. I know that we have been mobile for so long and where are we heading? What's coming next? So uh, let me tell you about what's ahead of us, okay? And in order to understand what's coming next, I think what we got to do is we got to take a little trip back in time and understand how we got to this point, okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to rev up the old flux capacitor, and we are going to jump into the Wayback Machine, and we're going to go back to 2015, okay? So back in 2015, if you remember this, we purchased um, our first piece of property off of Smith Road, 13 and a half acres. Acres. Those of you that are new that don't know, or maybe you're turning in online, uh, that's up off of exit 14, off the interstate. We're really excited about that. And one of the great things about this was that y'all have been so faithful in giving that we were able to pay cash for that land. We didn't have to take out a loan. And so, but what we did in that process was we kind of depleted our funds to do it. And so we thought, you know what, we're just going to take a step back. We're going to build our reserves back up, okay? So then around 2017, we started planning for a campaign. We said, you know what, let's not wait too long. Let's start pushing forward and let's go somewhere on purpose. And so we started talking about what a campaign would look like to raise money to get into a building. 2018, we started our campaign. On Easter 2018, y'all pledged a, a great deal. And man, we were so excited. And we thought, you know what, we got two years ahead of us with this campaign. And y'all were so faithful in giving. In fact, Y'all were so faithful in giving towards that campaign that in 2019, we decided just one year into it, remember it's two years, but just one year into it, we thought, you know what, let's go ahead and try to get a loan and let's see where that takes us. And so we went through that process, we got some plans and we went to the bank and we realized in that moment that we needed a little bit more cash on hand. So, so we said, you know what, that's okay, we're only one year into our campaign everybody's giving faithfully. That's not a big deal. We're going to close out this campaign. Um, we still got one more year. So 2020, we were looking at the end of the campaign and Easter, and we were like, okay, so Easter 2020, things are going to happen. We're going to move forward then once the campaign is finished. But then 2020 happened, <laughs> right? And everybody knows what happened in 2020. 2020 is just like a bad word, right? And nobody was fully ready for what was coming in 2020. And by Easter of 2020, really, we followed what the bishop, oh, there's my COVID-19 with a uh, frowny face right there. Um, 
we followed what the bishop wanted us to do, and we began, uh, we became an online-only church, just like most of the Methodist churches, all of the Methodist churches in the South Georgia Conference. And at Easter last year, we, we had no idea what to expect next. We, we didn't know what was going to happen to the church or, or anything, really. And so again, we had to push pause for just a little bit. But under the direction of the bishop and coming out of that, you know, we've slowly started getting back and trying to get back where we need to be. And it's been a long process, but now that we're kind of turning that corner, right, we are starting to look ahead at what's next. And we're moving forward. And we've got a great architect with Ed Kindust. We've got a great set of plans. In fact, we just recently had a trustees team meeting to finalize the new and improved architectural drawings. What we've been doing in this meantime is just really hammering down on what we need and what we can get. And now that we've nailed down those details, what we're doing is we're preparing for the next steps of getting an updated price on these architectural plans that we have. So listen, all that to say that I know that this has been a long process. I know it has. And and hear me when I say that no one, no one has sweated and worried and prayed and uh, and even wept more over all of this than than me. Um, In fact... um, yeah, I just let me just stick to my notes here. But but here's what I here's what I'd say. Here's what I've learned through all this is that God is good. God's plan is good, e- even though even though we don't always understand His timing or His ways. What what I'm doing and what I hope you're doing through all of this is just learning to trust in Him and just to lean into Him. And what we're going to do is we're going to keep moving forward because I believe that God is preparing a great home. For this wonderful church family. So, I'm going to ask you to help me pray over all of this, okay? And I'm going to ask Adam Dixon, um, our trustees chairman. Adam, if you could come out. Um, he should be right backstage right here. I can't see you around the big TV. Um, grab Afton's mic. Uh, David, he's got Afton's mic. I'm, I'm going to ask uh, Adam Dixon to pray for us as we move forward. Um, Adam is a project executive for Flournoy Construction. He's currently overseeing about... Adam, I'm going to need you to come over here so I can see you. you There you are. are. He's currently overseeing about four projects from Maryland. Maryland? Maryland. Where's that come from? Isn't that weird? Somewhere up north. Where are you up north? North Carolina. North Carolina. (laughs) Not even a little. Okay, anyway. Texas. Yeah, there is one in Texas, yeah. okay. And then there's a few in Georgia, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So anyway, all that to say is that he's a pretty big deal. And uh, <laughs> we're very fortunate to have him as our trustees chairman. So Adam, if you wouldn't mind, just lead us in prayer for what's ahead for us and the, the building plans and, and everything that God has in store for his church family. Yeah, sure. Let us pray. Father, we're so thankful for uh, the opportunity to gather together here today uh, to learn more about, about you and prayer in this series. We just pray for Jimmy that you'll be with him and uh, give him the words for us to hear during this time. Father, we pray for the building uh, and the planning process that we've been going through. Um, we know that it certainly has not happened on our timeline, Father, but uh, we are faithful that it, that it is and has happened on yours. That's never been more evident um, looking back through the things that, that we've been through as a church um, and, and the timing of some things and things that were where we thought 
maybe some doors closed and, and it was really just a, a redirect in a different direction to get us to where we are today, Father. We're just so thankful for your faithful provisions that got us to where we are and those to come. Father, we pray that you will uh, keep your hand um, on the teams that go through this process, the church staff and the church body, that uh, you will guide us to seek your will in all that we do, Father, as we continue to go move through this process. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Adam. I really appreciate it. Um, and listen, um, I know that probably sharing this information with y'all, I know, I know it probably leads to more questions. And here's the deal. Each week as we go through the series on prayer, I'm going to share a little bit more about this and open book. Just want you to know everything that we're going through with this. And I'm going to give you a couple of directions to pray in. Um, so just right now, just pray as we move forward with these new plans that we have. And I'll share with you more about the next steps that are coming, okay? So just help us pray with this. And to get us started... Um, on this series, uh, that, that just helps us get started in the series that we're going into on prayer. And I am so excited over the next four weeks to be in this series. In fact, uh, when it comes to prayer, I'm always reminded of one of my favorite jokes. Do y'all want to hear a joke starting out? Anybody want to hear one of my jokes? Let me see. Oh, good. Okay, I'm going to share it anyway. Um, and I know that y'all have probably heard, I know that I've shared this joke before, but it's one of my favorites, and we probably have somebody here that hasn't heard it. So anyway, here we go. It's a joke on prayer. Um, an atheist is walking through the woods one day, and he is just admiring creation, and he's admiring the fact that people actually think that God created all this stuff. And he's walking along, and he's like, I can't believe people think that God created that stream, or, or that squirrel, or that tree, or that bear. And then you realize he's in the presence of a huge black bear. And so he begins to run. He ran away and the bear begins to chase him. And as he's running, he began doing something that he never thought that he would ever do. He began praying to God. And as the bear got closer, the bear knocks him down and the bear is over him. He prays to God and he says, God, I will believe in you if you will make this bear a Christian. <laughs> T's already laughing. I haven't gotten a joke yet. And the bear just kind of stands over him, shakes his head looks up to heaven, kind of sits back, puts his paws together, and he says, Dear God, please bless this meal I'm about to receive. <laughs> That's a good one, right? Oh, look at there. I got a clap for that. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, listen, uh, I, love, I love that joke. And I know I kind of started things off funny with uh, prayer. Um, but I'll tell you, prayer can be difficult. It can. And the reason it's difficult is because, honestly, we all have questions about it. Right now, if I, if I tell you at the end of this service that I want you to go home and start praying, for those of you that are new or for those of you that are turning on, tuning in online for the first time, you're going to be like, what, what does that mean? Like, where, where do I even start? For those of us that have been praying our life, like sometimes even we just kind of stop and we're just like, does this, is this even really working, right? I mean, if God is God and he is that big and he's in control of so much, to, I mean, does he really care about me in the midst of everything else, in the midst of a huge pandemic that we have been going, like, does God really care about me? And if he is God and if he is all-knowing, shouldn't he already know what I want anyway? So why should I even pray, right? And if he already knows what I want or what's coming up, I mean, isn't God going to do what God's going to do? So we all have these questions, right? This is a huge subject to talk about. And so what we're going to do over the next four weeks is we're just going to kind of unpack it all. And here's how I want to start things off, okay? 
If you have questions about prayer, and I think I could be safe to say we can lump all of ourselves into that category. If you're not really sure how it works or if you're praying correctly, I want you to know that you're not alone, okay? Even the disciples had questions. In fact, Luke records a time that they actually asked Jesus about praying, and this is where I want to start today. It says this. Here's the disciples. It said, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, okay, and as he finished, one of his disciples, one of them, we're not sure which one, but one of them had the guts enough to come up to Jesus and ask him, and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Would you teach us to pray? You know, the disciples looking at Jesus, yeah, honestly, they were a little confused. You know, they were confused with how they were praying and what they were seeing Jesus doing. And they realized, you know what, we need a little direction with this. And if it's important for Jesus, it has to be important for us. And so we probably have a lot to learn. And so here's what I think that we can learn from this early exchange between the disciples and Jesus. And if you got your message notes open, go ahead and open up the Ridge app if you haven't already. And let's go to the message notes. If you're online, you can find them on there um, also. And go ahead, while you have the app open, go ahead and fill out that connect card so that we know that you're worshiping with us. But on those message notes, here's your first fill in the blank. Okay, I think we can learn a few things. Number one from this exchange is that everybody prays. Okay, here's what I think. I think we're wired for prayer. Okay, I think God created us in such a way that it just seems like prayer is something we're supposed to do, right? In fact, every religion around the world, it doesn't matter what you're studying or what somebody's trying to, they all try to teach you how to communicate with a God, right? And, and the way they communicate sometimes is different. Some pray with beads, uh, other pray, others pray with lighting candles, some, some put out rugs and, and pray in certain positions. Now, who they pray to differs, of course. But what I'm getting at is that there seems to be this innate desire within us to pray. It's almost like it's, it's part of being human. It's part of who we are. In fact, there's this great verse in Ecclesiastes, and I, I didn't bring this for the screen, but it, it, basically what it says in Ecclesiastes 3.11 is that God has placed eternity within us, which is just a, another way of saying that God put a soul in us, right? We are wired to know that God exists, right? That we, we call this in the Methodist church, prevenient grace. This is God's grace being poured out into your life. Before you even know who he is, there's something in you. There's that God-shaped hole where God is just like trying to pull you into a relationship with him. And once you're in that relationship with him, there's this wiring to not only know that he ex exists, but there's this wiring in us to want to talk to him. It's something that we all have. I think everybody wants it. And sooner or later, even if you don't, or even if you've never prayed before, I think sooner or later, there's going to be a point in your life where you will or where you want to. And the disciples realize this. And they know it because they see it everywhere they go. Everyone prays. So Jesus, since everyone has to, since, since there's something in us that makes us want to pray, teach us. Teach us more about what it means to be in prayer. The second thing we learned from this is that everybody needs help. Everyone needs help with prayer. I mean, if the disciples are asking Jesus for help, and the disciples are the ones that are with Jesus 24-7, I mean, they're sitting there listening to the teachings. They are sitting around the campfire singing Kumbaya with him. Like, they are around him all the time. And if they need help with this, how much more does everybody else need help with it? In fact, 
I think that everybody, when it comes to this topic of prayer, I think everybody feels a little inadequate with it. We all have those questions of how, when, and what to say. I don't know a whole lot of people. Honestly, I don't know a whole lot of people that really feel confident in their prayer life. In fact, I think that we are all so insecure sometimes when it comes to prayer that if I were to ask you to stand up right now in church and pray, man, you would freak out. In fact, you know what? Let's try that. Let's see. Let's see. Who can I call on? I'm just te- I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if I actually did that? All of y'all would be online next week. Nobody would be in church. Everybody like, I, I ain't going to church. He's calling people out. <laughs> there is no way, right? All of us, what is that about us? We kind of feel like there's just something in us that makes us want to make sure that we're doing it right. Like, am I doing this correctly? Everybody needs help. In fact, the Apostle Paul, the, the one that wrote half the New Testament, he said this one time in Romans 8, 6. He said, for we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how to pray as we should. That's, that's pretty amazing coming from Paul. If Paul is saying this, and if the disciples are asking for help, then I, I, think, I think that it's okay. It, the, the reason I bring this up is because I want you to know it's okay to feel like you don't have it all together. That's all right. We're all in the same boat. We're still learning through this whole process and what it means to be in a relationship with God, right? But I do believe, I do believe that God wants you to have a good prayer life. I, I, I believe that. I, I don't think that God wants us to feel lousy about it and just to kind of give up on it, right? And since we're talking about this, I think that most of the times the problems that we have with prayer is that we overthink it. How many of y'all, how many of y'all tend to overthink things? Let me see, raise your hand. Yep, okay, I'm in your, man, I overthink everything, okay? And I think that especially happens when it comes to prayer. And we put all this pressure on us, don't we? To, to try to pray the right way and to do the right thing. So with the time that I have left, here's what I want to do to go along with this. I want to give you some beginning things to do and not to do when it comes to prayer. And I want to take you to a specific piece of scripture in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, right after the Beatitudes. Y'all know we just got through that whole series on the Beatitudes. Right after that, Jesus actually teaches the disciples and he teaches us how to pray. And not only that, not only does he teach us how to pray, but he teaches us a lot of do's and don'ts when it comes to prayer. And so I want to share that with you this morning. So let's turn, we're going to go to Matthew 6, and we're going to start reading through a couple of verses starting at verse 5. Matthew 6, 5. This is Jesus teaching, and he starts this, and then we're just going to start with this first phrase. Jesus says, when you pray, let's pause right there. And here's your point number one. Do talk, okay? Here's your first do, okay? You do need to talk to God. God wants to talk to you, okay? Remember how I said, man, he put that innate desire in us to be with him, to communicate with him, right? So if he put that in me, then that must mean that he wants to spend that time with me. And the reason he wants to spend time with you, the reason that he wants to communicate with you is because he loves you, right? I mean, you wouldn't be here today, If God didn't love you, if God didn't create you, and if God didn't have a plan for you, right? And you know what's great about this? Is that if God loves you, here's what's so great about this. He's interested in what you're interested in. He is. 
You know, I think about this. Shannon is such a great illustration of this because she is fully interested in whatever the girls are talking about at the time, okay? Whatever the latest fashion may be, whatever Ariana Grande's up to, whatever so-and-so said about such-and-such. And the reason that she is so interested in it is because she loves talking to the girls. So if the girls are talking, she is paying attention, and it's just one of the many reasons that I am so lucky to be married to her. Brownie points. Um, anyway, I really think that one of the reasons that God wants to talk about these things with you is because he created you, right? In a minute, we're going to get to that piece of scripture where it refers to God being our heavenly father, right? Which is just a reminder that you're a child of God. In the same way we pay attention to our children because we love them, it's the same way God wants to pay attention to us because we are his children. In fact, it says this, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate. So he loves you. You are his child. He is interested in what you're interested in, but even more than that, he's interested in it because he wired you that way, right? He created you to be that way. So it's kind of cool, like when you have these desires, when you get excited about things, when things aren't working out, you're wondering why. You know, God created you to be that type of person. And so I think that God loves talking to you because in a sense, he loves the fact that you're trying to live into that purpose. You're trying to live into those desires that you have because he placed it in us. And so he wants to spend that time with you. So we start out with Jesus just looking at the disciples saying, when you pray, because listen, it's going to happen. The first thing you got to do is you, you do have to talk to God. He wants that. And let's move on to the second piece. Jesus keeps teaching us and he says, don't be like, the, so here comes the next, the don't. Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is the, all the reward that they will ever get. Here's the number two. Number two is don't put on a show, okay? The first one was a do. The second, we're going to kind of go back and forth. Jesus is teaching, do this, don't do this. Do this, don't do this. The second one, don't put on a show. God doesn't want a show. Remember, he loves you, he created you, and what he wants is he wants to have a real conversation with you. Don't you hate it when someone you know tries to be someone they're not? Like, we all, we all know this person that, that it comes up to us to ask us for something, and maybe you've known this person your whole life, and then they come up and they're acting all weird, and they're saying all these strange things because they want something from you, or they want to talk to you, and meanwhile, you're looking at that person going, why don't you just ask me? Why are you being so weird? You know, I think, I think God's kind of like that with us. God doesn't want a bunch of rules. You know, Jesus, man, when he came and he was looking at those Pharisees and the Sadducees, man, he just kept getting on to them for following all the rules and the restrictions and using all this fancy religious language that no one really even got. And Jesus is looking at them going, why in the world, why would you talk like that to God? when you wouldn't talk that way to anybody else. Like this is a conversation we're supposed to be having. Don't try to put on a show. In fact, in that verse, what Jesus says is those people that use all that flowery language, that just use those words that they never would, what they're doing is they're trying to show off. That's why he said, he says, those people that do that, they've already got their reward. And you know what he's talking about? They already got their reward because what they're trying to do is they're trying to capture everybody's attention and they got everybody's attention by doing that. They do. 
But it doesn't matter if other people notice me and God doesn't, right? So maybe it's good. Maybe it's good when it comes to prayer to kind of calm down just a little bit and realize when it comes to God, I don't have to try to be someone that I'm not. I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to know the perfect word to say or how to say that perfect phrase or how to use the big churchy kind of language. I just got to come to him and be the real me, who he created me to be. And you know what? Here's another thing when it comes to that kind of conversation. If you're a little bored in your prayer life, it might be because you're not listening. Have you ever thought about, like, maybe if prayer isn't working for you, or you're wondering why you're not getting anything out of it, it might be just because you're not taking the time to really listen to what God has to say. Because have you ever been in those conversations where people just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, and, and, and they don't stop long enough to listen, or they don't give the other person a, a chance to say anything? Not, nothing really gets accomplished, right? It's no good for either person, and it's not good in our relationship with God. So Jesus, in this first section, man, he's like, this is why I love Jesus. Um, he doesn't like hypocrites either, just like we don't. He was, he was a normal one of us, and he doesn't like that fancy show. He's like, I don't like it, and you shouldn't like it either, and God doesn't like it. Don't try to be all fancy. God's not interested in that. Just take the time, just take the time to, to talk in a normal way. Come to God just like he created you to be and then take some, take some time to listen. And then let's keep reading verse six. Jesus says this. He says, when you pray, but when you pray, here's another do. Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. I love this. I love this. This would have been really hard to do back in these times because houses were so small. It would have been hard, but Jesus is like, this is important. This is something I do want you to do. Here's, here's your next point. Do get close. Man, take that time. Remove yourself. Get private. Draw close to him. And this is one of the reasons that Jesus keeps telling us to pray to God as our heavenly father. Now, Let's push pause because while we're talking about, while we're unpacking prayer, I think it's good that we kind of unpack some of this other stuff too because some people look at this idea of God being a heavenly father and it raises some questions, right? Is people will look at this and say, well, I didn't think God was male or female, right? And did you know that there's other places in scripture where God is described as this motherly figure that watches over her children? It's, it's true. But the reason that it's good and the reason Jesus uses this, and the reason we keep seeing this used over and over again in Scripture is because if we strip these away from God's identity, if we're not praying to Him or our Heavenly Father, if we try to take this away from His identity, then it loses some of the personal and relational aspects of how we approach Him. It helps, helps us understand this relationship that we're supposed to be in with him and just how close he wants to be, which raises another question. When people hear about a heavenly father, people are like, yeah, but what if I didn't have a good relationship with my earthly father? Isn't that gonna change how I view my heavenly father? And you know what I would say? Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe it will. But you know what I would say? I would counsel you to say, you know what? God loves you so much. God wants to be close to you so much that I would take that care and concern to him. I would, I would live in that tension and I would take that to him and say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. Help me with this. He cares about you and how you feel. You see, the, the whole idea of praying to him in this way, man, what we're getting at here is that Jesus wants us to get as close to God as possible. And you know what, going along with this point, this is why Jesus says, listen, when you pray, man, pray to him as your heavenly father. He wants to be that close, but here's what you gotta do. You gotta remove yourself, man. You gotta take some time. You gotta be alone with God. God wants you in private. God wants you one-on-one. Now, let me expand on this just a little bit because this sounds like I'm preaching two different things because next Sunday I'm gonna talk about how we need to pray all day long, okay? And I'm gonna talk about how we need to pray when we go to the grocery store and when we're in the car and when we're at the Braves game. Please keep praying for the Braves, okay? It's working, it's working, they're coming back. Anyway, listen, we need to keep that idea to, to keep praying all day long because scripture teaches us to pray without ceasing, right? So that, what that means is that we take conversations with God and we just have them whenever we can throughout the day. But, but, but Jesus says, Jesus says this is just as important. Is that you need to learn to get alone with them because if you're not, then you're missing out on something special. We gotta have that time to remove ourselves so that we can be close, so that we can listen. And here's why. It's because... Even though it's important to remember to pray to God in the grocery store, it's, it's, it's hard to really get close to them when I'm wondering why they're not selling my favorite cereal, right? Or it's hard when I'm to be close to God when I'm driving on my way to work, but I'm hearing a, my favorite song from Darius Rucker that they just put on, you know? Or it's hard to, to be in prayer at a Braves game when I'm surrounded by a thousand people, right? It's hard to, like, if I can't have a close personal you know, conversation with Shannon in the grocery store, what makes me think that I'm going to have one of those with God? So every now and then what Jesus is saying is, yes, keep those conversations going. That is scriptural. But every now and then to get the most out of it, you got to remove yourself. You got to get alone with them and spend some time with them because then you can really lay it out when it comes to your work and your family and your bills and your health or whatever's going on, Right? He wants to be so close that you can hear him, that you can feel his presence. And I'm sorry, but that just doesn't always happen in the car ride, right? So Jesus says, this is, pray, pray to God as your heavenly father. I'd say, I want you to get close to him, as close as you can. And that means remove yourself every now and then. And then he goes on to give us another don't. Let me, get, let me give you another one. Verse seven, he says this. So when you pray, don't babble. Don't babble on and on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered by repeating their words again and again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So here's what Jesus, here's how I put this in point number four. Don't make it complex or routine. Don't make it complex or routine. Don't just go through the routines over and over again. Don't get hung up on certain things, certain phrases that take that personal aspect out of it, right? Don't pray a list. 
Don't get caught up in trying to check everything off that list before you're done. Honestly, sometimes I think the simplest prayers are the best prayers. In fact, have you ever heard somebody pray for one thing, but they pray for it like in nine different ways? Have you ever heard somebody do that? You know, you, you know what I'm talking And if you've ever been a part of a circle prayer, you know what this is like. Because when those circle prayers and everybody has to go around and say a prayer, you're usually praying over one thing. You're praying for a worship service or a mission project or the building project or someone or something. And every time somebody goes around that prayer, it's like each prayer feels like they got to get more bold and say more than the person that previously prayed. And meanwhile, I'm standing there and I'm holding hands and my left hand is all wet because this guy's got sweaty palms. And then this guy, I'm losing blood. Like my, my right hand's falling asleep because this guy's a squeezer. And every time they make a good point, they squeeze the life out of my hands, right? And meanwhile, I'm standing in the prayer thinking to myself, is this person ever gonna land the plane? <laughs> and if that's how you feel, right? and you're in the prayer group, what's God thinking? Right? God's probably up in heaven going, I got it. Chill out. I heard you the first four times, right? One time, Jesus, I, I just, I think simple, authentic prayers are the best. I don't think... Longer is always stronger when it comes to prayers. In fact, Jesus used this example one time. Um, he was given this example of a Pharisee and a tax collector, a sinner. The Pharisee was the real churchy type of person. And they both go up to the altar and pray. And the Pharisee goes up to the altar and he gives this long prayer, this big prayer. Everybody expects him to pray this way, right? And then the tax collector, the sinner, he goes up and he just says two things. He says, God, have pity on me. I am a sinner. That's all he said. And he went and sat back down. And Jesus, telling this story, looked at his disciples and he said, it was the tax collector. Wait, go back real quick. Uh, go back, Drew. He said, it was the tax collector and not the Pharisee who was pleasing to God. Right, that's what Jesus was looking for. Just the simple, honest prayer. Not the long, drawn out ones that just babble on and on and on. Besides that, Jesus said, listen, God already knows what you need, right? He knows it. He's just looking for you to come to Him, have a conversation with Him, and, and, and draw close to Him in those moments of prayer. So don't make it complex. Don't, don't make it a routine that you just got to get through to get on the re with the rest of your day. In fact, let me give you one last thing to do that Jesus tells us. In verse 9, here we go. He says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, most of y'all know this, may your name be kept holy, and may your kingdom come, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here's what I'd say. Number five, do this. Do acknowledge and surrender. When you pray, do acknowledge him and surrender to his will. There are two important things that we got to focus on. We have to focus on God and who he is, and then we got to focus on his purpose. Because you know what? It's true. God does love you, right? And God, God does care about what you care about. But ultimately, what God wants is for your heart to line up to his will, right? Because it's about his will. It's about his kingdom, not your plan, and not your kingdom, but his 
And that's why we have such a hard time with prayer sometimes is because if we're honest, we tend to make prayer all about ourselves, right? And while God does want to hear from us, while he wants to hear about us, it's not always about us, is it? It's not. Not at all. That's why we have such a hard time with prayer is that we focus on us. So Jesus starts off the Lord's Prayer by saying, Here, let's, here's, how you, here's how you start, and here's what you focus on. Focus on God being holy. When we start our prayers, we start off by remembering who he is. He is creator. He is God. He is good. He is holy. And what that means is that when I start my prayer off remembering and giving that my foundation, then that means that my prayers are going to be more focused in looking for his will in my life. So what that means is that I'm going to pray for this, but God, if you decide something else, then your will be done. Right? If you decide something different, then I'm going to remember you're holy, I'm not. You're in control, I'm not. So uh, ultimately what I'm going to learn to do and what I've done through this whole building process is say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust in you and I'm going to lean into you. And when I start praying that way and I remember he is holy and what I want, what I'm after is his will ultimately in my life, my selfish prayers become kingdom prayers, right? And I stop praying so much for the benefit of just myself and I start praying for the benefit of God's glory. And ultimately... That's where God wants us to be because that's where the blessings are, right? So as we start this series out on prayer, I think this is good. A couple of do's and don'ts from Jesus. Don't pray for a show, okay? You don't have to know the right words to say. Just come to them and be real. Don't make it complex. Don't get into a routine of things. And when you do pray, Remember that he wants to talk to you. He wants to be close to you. So take that time. Maybe today, maybe at some point that, this week, man, just take some time. Remove yourself from everything so that you can get closer to him. And ultimately, what he wants is his will to be done. He wants us to remember who he is, that his ways when it comes to our prayers and what we think we need and what we think we want, his ways are ultimately what's best. So God, I realize that you're holy. I'm not, so I'm going to submit. I'm going to acknowledge who you are and I'm going to surrender to your will. Because if you can do that and you can start your prayers off with that kind of foundation, man, you'll get close to him. And the closer you are to God, the less stressed and the more blessed you'll be. Let's pray together. God, we'll just start by admitting that we don't always know what to say, what to pray. And God, sometimes this whole topic is a little confusing. Sometimes it's a little daunting. Sometimes it's just exhausting. So God, we come to you. We ask for your help. So help us understand what it means to be in conversation with you. And God, we thank you that you put this desire in us to pray, that you wired us in such a way to seek you out. Like that's, It's just amazing that you love us like that. We're also thankful, God, that you want to be in that close relationship with us. Out of, out of everybody in the world, all the billions of people, God, that you care about each one of us individually. So thank you for wanting to be close to us.
And God, help us to understand how to come to you in prayer. Help us not make it difficult, not make it complex, not make it routine, but just, God, when we come to you, help us to be open and honest. And while we understand that we need to pray to you as much as possible, God, we we understand today that Jesus teaches us that we do need to be alone, that we do need to have that time just with you. God, so help us to develop the right posture of prayer so that we can have better conversations with you. And God, as we leave here today, as we walk out of this worship service this morning, we take that attitude with us that you are holy, that you are God, that you have the power and that you are sovereign. So God, we just pray that your will be done. God, we, we, we don't always know what to pray for, but we know that you are Lord over all. So God, we're just gonna give, we're just gonna give it all over to you. We're gonna acknowledge who you are and we're gonna surrender to your way. And even if it doesn't go the way we planned it, and even if we don't understand it, God, we're just going to trust you. And we're going to lean into you, and we're going to keep coming back to you. Because God, what we want is your kingdom come, your will to be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen and amen.